Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi guys, it's Joe. Sorry for the radio silence. I'm sure some people might be wondering where on earth is Rose Ed? Well, what's happened is we've transitioned over to doing a special uh, radio show come podcast for the World Cup. So you can now catch Rose Ed, um, the same show with all the silly bits, um, but with a whole load of other uh, content as well. So we kind of chat to different journalists about the World Cup. We talk to kind of different leading clever clogs about um, all the contentious issues surrounding it, including LGBT plus rights, um, the uh, deaths and maltreatment of migrant workers. Um, we even talked to John Styles, um, Nobby Styles, obviously 1966 uh, World Cup winner's son, about um, dementia in football caused by a heading um, and the national scandal he believes that to be. We talk about the idea of sport washing, obviously the Qatar World Cup, that's very pertinent, but also with the owners of, of several Premier League clubs. We talked to um, Cristiano Ronaldo's lawyer, um, we talked to a rapper Avellino, singer Maddox Jones, um, yeah, musician Maolo, tons and tons of amazing people, former um, England women's manager, Brighton manager as well, um, and pioneering uh, women's football coach, the first woman to get the UEFA Pro license, Hope Powell. Like the, the level of guests we've got is amazing, but it's still also got loads of silly knob jokes. Um, as per Rose Ed. Basically, what you want to do is search FUBAR's World Fuck Up. You can get all that content. As things stand, we're going to be back in January. We think, hopefully, still collaborating with FUBAR. If not, Rose Ed will be back as it was. So you'll basically be able to get the same show. You'll just have to add something different to your library. Follow that, download to that, subscribe to that. So if you want all of that stuff, right now, what you need to do is go to FUBAR's World Fuck Up. But here, just for a little bit of fun, are some of the best bits from the World Cup show. Remember, that's FUBAR's World Fuck Up, and we'll chat to you soon. Bye. I couldn't waste this opportunity, yeah. right? One of one of my great fantasies in life is that mm. one day I'll be I'll be doing something. I might be at a wedding or something or a birthday party. The band won't be there, and I will be asked to grab the mic. And today is a music-themed special. We've got you on. Um, we've got someone on who's done an England song later. We've had fans sending in England songs as well. Mm -hmm. So I was walking the dog last night, and an idea came to me. So I've written an England rap for this World Cup. 
Would you like to hear it? I would absolutely be delighted to hear that. Bro. Okay, so it's it's to the tune of started from the bottom, but we weren't sure if we could get if we had the license to play that. So I'm going to do it a cappella. Okay, a cappella, let's go a cappella, man. Here we go. Here we go. Right. So wow, wow, almost true. Right. Started with McLaren. Now we're here. <laughs> started with McLaren. Now the best team bloody here. Started with McLaren. Now we're here. Started with McLaren, now the best team bloody here. Used to play Heskey up front. Now we've got Rashford, mate, he scores when he wants, but it's not Rashi on his own. Foden, Saka, Kane, maybe football's coming home. Oh, you want to know about centre mid? We've got a lad called Jude, pretty spicy for a kid, but the back four's looking kind of dangerous too. (laughs) Harry Mags will nut your mum and he'll defo headbutt you because it started with McLaren, now we're here. Starting with McLaren, now the best team bloody oh, here. Starting with McLaren. <laughs> wow. Wow, Joe. Wow. I mean, wow. What, what do you think? Christmas what, number one? Tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready oh, last no. night. Like, that's got to be that's got to be up there, man. Um, yeah. I'm really considering what I do now and the level <laughs> I've been operating at because, you know, you've opened my eyes to another Another standard of yeah. Right. But the country authorities, they want the Olympics. They want other big sporting events. They still want the world to come and visit its country. And we have to be clear, right? There's a series of discrimination that women face. There's Qatari women and what they face. There's the foreign national women. They face very similar issues to what Qatari women face um, in, because of the male, uh, the sponsorship system. So if you're going as a wife or a, a daughter of, of somebody who's working in the country, you also can't drive or work um, or get a government scholarship without their permission. And if you're there as a migrant woman, then you face all sorts of problems similar to that, as well as the fact that you are exposed to other risks as well. So it's really important to recognize that Qatar is not a safe place for women and that it's a place where women can face huge amounts of discrimination, potential domestic violence and even sexual violence as well. And while that occurs in anywhere around the world, it is because of the authorities' laws and policies that leave women at risk. So we can see how easily changeable a lot of these things are. A number of the things I've documented, they could change tomorrow. It's not based in law. They can just switch their, you know, click their fingers and change it tomorrow. But the fact that they're not doing it shows the incredible uh, disregard that they have for women's lives and security. We did it over voice note. We did it over voice note. Um, So he just sent a voice note in, basically. How excited were you when you saw you had a voice note from the (laughs) Wilstone? I was like, yeah, man, it's pretty sweet. Like, we, we just told him what to say. We were like, if you want some, we'll give it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just did it, yeah. It's pretty um, fun. Um, amazing. Oh, I Matt- do want to meet him. I'm trying to meet him, but like, every time I went to a Wheelstone game last week and he didn't even turn up. So <laughs> hopefully this week. He's a bit unreliable, is the old Wilson Raider, man. You've got to get him down for a Christmas party of some sort. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, right, Maddox, just just finally, where can we hear the single? Where can we get it? We want to give it a big okay, push so for Christmas number one. Charity, so I know people stream music, but if you can, if any of you want to support a charity and like and listen, um, own a banging Christmas song, if you go on my TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, it's just it's Maddox Jones, and then there's a link to buy it for 99p from iTunes or Amazon, and all of the money goes to charity. Amnesty International and others have talked about the need for there to be Uh, proper enforcement and loopholes closed around compensation and you're absolutely right that we have talked about um, how of course you know prevention is better than compensation but we are where we are so there should be a 
a comprehensive compensation scheme. Mm. Um, and you're right, I think, in terms of the kind of numbers that you're talking about. Well, we're talking about in the order of 440 um, million dollars or so, which again, just to sort of highlight a comparator, that's around the same as um, as the uh, amount of money that's um, set aside in relation to the kind of prizes and success from the tournament and is, is a drop in the ocean compared to the kind of overall six billion that we're talking about in relation to this tournament. So I think from the off, the tournament was set up actively not cited around human rights. And again, let's be clear, you know, I don't think that what's happened has changed that since, even though I think we've seen some marginal points, including when it comes to footballing authorities here in the UK, who I don't think have been nearly clear enough about their positions in, in relation to human rights in this tournament. Let me, let me again, sorry, just to, to the issue of marginal or negligible change. I want to come back to this and say that these are significant reforms. As I've said, hundreds of thousands of workers have benefited. We asked, we, we commissioned a survey of over a thousand low-wage workers. We asked various questions around the reforms, focused on wages, working time and other things. And as part of that survey, 86% of respondents felt that the reforms had had a positive impact on their life. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, everything's perfect. We know it. We, we, we hear it on a daily basis. But I think there's a need to recognize progress as well. Uh, I checked out the video for the new single. Um, it's called Roll It. Um, and from from what I can tell, it's it's not about making pastry, if you know what I mean. Right, yeah, when we say roll it. So tell, so tell us a little bit about the single where we can get it. <laughs> is it, it like sausage rolls and that? Like a jam roly poly, is that what you mean? What do you it mean? It could be whatever your role is. Whatever your role is, <laughs> that's the way it is. Uh, yeah, my new single roll is out now on all digital platforms. And you can find it out everywhere, man. It's there. So I'll go by the name of Marlo, M-A-U-L-O, and roll it, R-O-L-L-I-T. It's out there on every platform. And thank you very much. They've done a lot of PR and done a lot of glossy PR, which makes them look good, but they haven't fundamentally changed. And there's no greater example of that than their human rights policy. They engaged one of the world's experts to come up with their human rights policy, um, one of the world's leading experts, if not the leading expert, the late Professor John Ruggie of Harvard University. So it's a first class human rights policy, but FIFA, I mean, we have a president in FIFA who only a couple of weeks ago said people shouldn't talk about human rights, so they should just get on and play football. Well, I give as a great example of that, the Australian team, which actually did talk about human rights and actually has made the round of 16, despite not being a, any sort of team of, of names. Um, but, it, you know, you've got a, it's being held in a country that, let, let alone all of the issues around the human rights of building the stadiums and let alone the workers' rights issues in Qatar. Um, and those issues came up, I have to say, after the vote. No one ever raised them before 2 December 2010. Um, but they came up afterwards. But putting aside even those, even in more recent times, Qatar, who is the current host of the World Cup, has voted either to abstain or support Russia in the United Nations when it comes to Ukraine. So how can you have a human rights policy in FIFA 
when the World Cup is being held in a country that supports a country that is completely obliterating the human rights of another member nation of FIFA. And FIFA sits by and says absolutely nothing. And that's a really good example of where they have a policy, but nothing makes any difference. They just don't want to do anything. And so I always characterise that as this. When it comes to an issue of culture versus process, culture wins every time. And the culture hasn't changed in FIFA and it won't change in FIFA unless there's a complete overhaul. And I, I, I believe that the only way we can do that is to start all over again. Anytime someone did something terrible, like when Matt Hancock, before all this celeb stuff, when he first had that affair, I tweeted that um, there's a lot of criticism around Matt Hancock, but I actually know him and he's a good guy, right? <laughs> Which is obviously stupid. But the amount of people that jumped on me and were like telling me why he's not a good guy and all of this stuff. And then you just double down and start inviting people to have dinner with you and Matt Hancock and stuff. And then it just kicks off, it, it keeps spirals. going. It yeah. just spirals out of control. Me and Matt Hancock that. are gonna be in Burger King Watford on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I always say the shard. I always say meet us at the shard. I don't even know what it's like in the shard, yeah. Um, Sounds good though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. If there's a picture um, of you in the mail next week, you and Matt yeah. Hancock having dinner at the Shard, that'll blow my mind. <laughs> yeah. I think as it stands today, I think in this tournament, I would definitely have worn um, the One Love armband. I would encourage the players to speak openly about how they feel about it and while they've got that platform. But you have to be mindful yeah. that, you know, it could be quite a big risk for the FA and the country as a whole when it comes to, to, you know, wanting to play in a major tournament. So we just need to be mindful of that. It's not as easy as perhaps we all think, you know, let, let's, you know, do this, let's do that, because you don't know what the sanctions could be. And what did you think of, of Alex Scott choosing to, to wear the armband anyway? Do you feel like that sent a, a positive message? Yeah, I thought it was really brave. Um, yeah, I think it sent out a real statement that um, it is about inclusive, inclusivity um, and very, very powerful message. Actually, I was just on the, the line with Alex Scott. She's, she's uh, fighting the fight, as she's saying. Um, difficult circumstances, but she was brave enough to do it. Mm. You're in a band. Do you have Christmas parties? Um, we actually had one literally the other day. Did you? I, I, How was it? It was, um, <laughs> it was heavy. Was it? I, man I managed to sneak away at about 2.30 and uh, treated myself to an early night. But I think I That's could hear everyone nice. else. <laughs> yeah, I could hear everyone else going until about, uh, at least nine o'clock, put it that way. Oh, yeah. Does that blow morning. your mind? The next morning people were awake at breakfast yeah. time. Yeah. That's very, that's pretty normal, to be honest. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Must have been ravenous. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think they were eating much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, let's, let's put two and two together here. Remember when we, talk, when we talked about you accidentally doing marijuana gummies the other day, Hannah? Let's go a step further. <laughs> oh, it must have so, been ever so tired. So that, yeah. that's a trampoline. Uh, weirdly, they weren't. They were, very, they were very awake and felt a bit anxious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. The world is going through a, a, a profound set of important issues that I, I, I'm weary about that we don't have the necessary intellectual debate and we get thrown into these spasms 
of, you know, fevered um, um, conversation that mm. doesn't really move anything on. And I think the whole of it, you could argue, not David Beckham, but the whole of the football world are hypocritical, ultimately. Um, and and uh, Infantino and his speech about how he felt Arabic, how he felt gay, how he felt minority, how he felt, you know, was just an hour-long rambling rant. We all know that FIFA has taken a lot of hits from its reputation, from Set Blatter or whatever. What do we expect? When there was an Olympic boycott back in the day of countries going, I think it was to Russia, um, we don't do those blanket boycotts now. And we leave it to focusing on criticizing individuals for whatever decision they take, right or wrong, um, without having a bigger conversation and a meaningful conversation about issues because we expect everything to be changed overnight and that's just impossible. You have to remember, Luke Shaw's alias is Shaw Berto Carlos. That comes with a lot of, you know, people know what he brings to the game. Do you know what I mean? So the <laughs> fact that he had a little, you know, um, Malaysia came to United and, you know, we had him on the bench here and there. It doesn't change the fact that he's one of the greatest left backs that's ever played the game. I think we all know that. Everyone on this call knows that. And um, he's just showing, he's just reminding everyone it's nothing new. Um, we've seen Shaw play this well and he just, you know, I don't expect anything less. Do you know what, right? Like, I like Luke Shaw, but the only thing he's got in common with Roberto Carlos is thick thighs. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. If, if, listen, name me. Two better left backs in this tournament than Luke Shaw. <laughs> to, be <laughs> fair, to be fair, you might have got me there. You might yeah, have actually got me there. What does justice look like for these these migrant workers who've been kept in terrible conditions, who've had their passports taken away, who've been injured on site and told to go back to work, and and those who, of course, have have died as well? What does justice look like for them? Well, I suppose it's very hard to say what justice could look like for someone who. Um, pay some thousands of pounds to be able to work, mm. um, found themselves working in 40 degree plus terrible conditions, complaining about that, but has passed away despite you know being in their 30s and healthy. I, I mean, I struggle to see what you could really draw a line between that situation and justice. Mm. However, of course, you know we have talked about um, the importance now of compensation, which again, as I say, FIFA has not made the commitments that we like. Um, I think that now we are in a situation whereby, you know, my call to every football fan, my call to those who've got more high profile positions like footballers and um, that some of those ambassadors and celebrities is don't just, don't just make empty gestures and think that that's sufficient use the power, use the position, use the authority that you have. Let's not allow this tournament to be used as it was intended to do originally, which was to be a cover over a whole range of positions of human rights. Yes, we may have different positions here on the extent to which the progress has been significant or otherwise. What we're certainly agreeing on is it's far from ideal. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do think is important now is that fans and others make sure that the real legacy of this tournament is one that shows that hypocrisy around human rights cannot be tolerated. Let's make that the real legacy of this. It should have been something that was considered more at the time of the awarding of the tournament in terms of commitments to be made. But I think it's now a reality 
um, but one that we need to make sure is not lost in the next few weeks. There was like live singers singing different songs, so they were like they were Filipino, they were like Filipino singers, but they were like playing all different songs. We, you know, we had Filipino singers singing Southgate, you're the one on a massive stage <laughs> at the front, which was which was absolutely it was absolutely great, and there was all different countries in there have, having having a laugh. Uh, so I'd say that whole whole experience of that because it was especially as it was our first full day in Qatar as well. I'd say I'd say that, but yeah, just the, the, the euphoria of that win and then celebrating in the evening was great. And here's the big question that we have to all ask ourselves, is that given that 70% at least of that carbon footprint is us traveling to see the car, right? Because the teams and the officials and all of that, like we're talking a percentage point or two, you know, it's us. And there's a real dilemma. On the one hand, we absolutely want, you know, cosmopolitan celebrations of humanity where as much of humanity is on display as possible. I mean, that seems to me absolutely at the heart of, of what this thing is about and why it evokes such sort of, you know, intense emotions and solidarities. Um, but, you know, there's no sustainable air option at the moment. We are really, are we gonna, we're gonna have to think about, I would say, World Cups where there are fewer people traveling and where the ticketing arrangements um, make a lot more space for locals. Um, and uh, and just fewer of us are gonna be able to travel. Or, you know, FIFA and the organizers and the sponsors and everybody else who's involved is gonna have to come up with a significantly better environmental restitution, carbon sequestration option than buying a few, you know, reforestation offsets. And I think this, this applies to all of global sport, and it's a really tough question. But if we're honest with ourselves, somewhere over the next decade or so, we're going to have to address this. Do you know what, mate? If you if you fly over your booze shelf to Qatar, you'll make an absolute fortune yeah. right now. I'll make an international incident is what I'll make, I think. Um, but, if I, but what I could do is that I'll probably get like an Airbnb and then, really, and, then pro, and then profile it as like a hotel. And then it could be like a like pre-drinks a pre-match drinks kind of location like just a, get around dane's pad yeah like a real yeah, a real oasis there'll be a literal <laughs> oasis um, in the desert that's the plan <laughs> so we know in britain's case for example there has been a centuries-long interdependence with the gulf region mm -hmm. um you know we, we we take certain things from them they take, take certain things from us at certain times that relationship, the power balance has been different. I think at this particular moment in time, the power balance has perhaps shifted more towards Qatar and the Gulf. Um, there is no doubt that as a consequence, as a direct consequence of Britain's pres presence in Qatar, you know, I re-emphasize again, Qatar was a protectorate, mm. a British protectorate. You know, we had troops there, we, we took care of Qatar, we helped Qatar to extract its oil and gas. Mm. Um, if you look at the companies that were instrumental in, in, in helping build the Qatari oil and gas industry, they were British. But more significantly, the Kafala labor system in Qatar is a, is a British construct. And, and I mentioned a little earlier about, about colonial times and sport washing. In the first part of the 20th century in South Africa, there were 157,000 South African prisoners in British concentration camps in South Africa. 28,000 of them died inside uh, those prison camps. At the same time, Britain was sending football teams and cricket teams and rugby teams um, to South Africa, you know, to placate and to charm. Uh, we might call this sport washing if we were to use the current vernacular. And so I think rather than, rather than you know, pointing the fingers, what's really important is we need to understand 
the interdependencies that we have. I think we do need to understand context and more, more, more crucially, and, and I speak as somebody who's been um, to the Gulf many, many times, mm. by pointing the finger and saying, you're bad people, just antagonizes people in the region and i think if we are if we are going to achieve outcomes that we all find acceptable satisfactory mutually beneficial we've got to talk and and i think part of that conversation is the role that certainly the colonial powers britain france spain portugal belgium the netherlands to a certain extent but what roles did we play in countries like qatar because as you say unless and, and until such time we've acknowledged our influence on these territories we're not going to make very much progress in addressing what we perceive to be some of the problems there now sports social podcast network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.